0: Turn your Bible to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7 and verse 36. We're going to read our series text as we jump into the sermon this evening. Luke chapter 7 and verse 36. The Bible says this, and it says, One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to come to his home for lunch, and Jesus accepted the invitation. As they sat down to eat, A woman of the streets, the Bible calls her a sinful woman, heard he was there and brought an exquisite flask filled with expensive perfume. Going in, she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping, and with her tears falling down upon his feet, she wiped them off with her hair and kissed them and poured the perfume on them. When Jesus' host, a Pharisee, saw what was happening and who the woman was, he said to himself, This proves that Jesus is no prophet. For if God had really sent him, he would know what kind of woman this one is. Then Jesus spoke up and answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. All right, teacher, Simon replied, go ahead. Then Jesus told him the story. He said a man loaned money to two people, 5,000 to one and 500 to the other, but neither of them could pay him back. So he kindly forgave them both, letting them keep the money. Which do you suppose loved him most after that? I suppose the one who had owed him the most, Simon answered. Correct, Jesus agreed. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Look, see this woman kneeling here? When I entered your home, you didn't bother to offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You refused me the customary kiss of greeting, But she has kissed my feet again and again from the time I first came in. You neglected the usual courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has covered my feet with rare perfume. Therefore, her sins, and they are many, are forgiven. For she loved me much, but one who is forgiven little shows little love. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Then the men at the table said to themselves, Who does this man think he is going around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the women, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Let's pray this evening. Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask that your words be spoken through me, Lord, Father, use me as a, a vessel, Lord, as a mouthpiece for your people, your church, to hear your word that you have for them tonight. Lord, for you are speaking to us. Why? Because you love us. Lord, you care for us deeply. Lord, and I pray right now, Lord, for those that are here tonight, those that are listening this evening, Father, that your words, Lord God, would, would penetrate deep to their hearts that they would hear your word, but that they would apply it in their lives and that they would know that you love them. Lord, we know that it is your love that has transformed us. It is this forgiveness that we have experienced and you have given graciously. Father, that we are ever, ever in your debt, Lord. Help us to serve you wholeheartedly we pray this in Jesus name the church says amen Amen and amen I titled this message this evening forgiven forgiven how many people do we have in here who are forgiven do we have any do we have any forgiven people in here yes all right good I'm in the right place this evening turn to your neighbor tell him you're in the right place Tell him you're surrounded by those who are forgiven. See, this story takes place in the house of Simon the Pharisee. Not Simon Peter, all right? There was more than one Simon back in the day. This is Simon the Pharisee. And you can sense that in this scripture here, that Simon really wasn't a true follower of Christ. You know, you kind of get the sense... That Simon was just trying to, trying to see what Jesus would do when he met this sinful woman. I don't think Simon set this, this meeting up for that woman to be there. But I do believe that he was looking at Jesus and 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 not with 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 good intent to see what Jesus would do. The scripture even says, look at verse 39. In Luke 7, it says, When Jesus' host, a Pharisee, saw what was happening and who the woman was, he said to himself. What does that mean? That means that Simon didn't say it out loud. He was thinking this. He said to himself, he says in his mind, he says this, This proves that Jesus is no prophet. He says, for if God had really sent him, he would know what kind of woman this one is. Simon, in his thoughts, said, this isn't Jesus. How can this be Jesus? If it was truly Jesus, he would know what this woman is all about and what she has done. And he would not want to be nowhere near her for she's filthy she's a sinner she's not like me and then in verse 40 it says this it says then jesus spoke up and answered his thoughts wow can you imagine can you imagine that taking place you think something and then jesus answers your thoughts you know, it would, it would make you think like, man, did I really say that out loud? Was I not just thinking that? I thought I was just thinking that. But if he answered me, then he must have heard something. But I didn't say it out loud. This sinful woman walks into Simon's house because she heard that Jesus was going to be there. She wanted to be in the presence of the Lord. I believe that she had experienced Jesus before this. I believe that she had an encounter with Jesus before coming to Simon's house. She knew he was going to be there. And she may have heard Jesus before, heard his message. She may have, have seen him before and knew what he was all about. And knew that he was real. She said, I want to be where he is. I need to be with Jesus. I I need to show him what he's done in my life. I need him to know the impact that he has made in my life. Remember that when we came to Jesus and he forgave our sins and you began to, you were, you were a changed man. You were a changed woman. No longer did you seek the things of the world, but now you sought righteousness. Now you sought the things of God. Now you actually wanted to come to church. You remember that? When you said, I have to go, nothing is going to stop me. No rain, no no heat, nothing is going to stop me. Do you still have that zeal? Those who are listening right now online, do you still have that zeal in your life when you just have to be where Jesus is? You just have to be in his presence. If there's If there's others worshiping God, you have to be where the worship is taking place. Where there is serving for the kingdom of God, you have to be there. See, we read this and we see that Simon didn't do any of the customary things that he was supposed to do when he invited a guest into his house. You were supposed to offer some water to wash their feet. They didn't have nice shoes like we have today. It was all open toe. Funky, stinky feet. Walking all day. You can only imagine how bad your feet stink at the end of the day. Can you imagine theirs? Bunions upon bunions. (laughs) Corns like you've never seen before. Ingrown toenails. Toenails. (laughs) it wasn't a pretty sight, I'm sure. You would offer them water to clean their feet. You would greet them with a kiss. You would even sometimes uh, uh, offer them oil to, to anoint their hair. Simon did none of this, the Bible says. Instead, it took the sinful woman which it also reminds me before I move any further with this it also reminds me how God will get the praise regardless you know we know that verse that that you know even the even the rocks will cry out my my praise <laughs> Jesus says Simon if you're not going to worship me this sinful woman is going to the one that you look so lowly on the one that you think Is not deserving to even be in my presence. Is exactly the one I want in my presence because she brings worship. She brings what I desire. I don't need this self righteous person next to me. I'm all righteous, Jesus says. I am perfect. There is none like me. We don't need more perfect people in the room. He says, I need those who came to worship me. I need those who appreciate what I've done for them. That I've given my life for you. And I want someone to appreciate, to show thankfulness for what I have done. And this woman has come to do that. You see, this month we're talking about the heart of worship. Tonight, we're gonna be looking at the effects, with an E, of the forgiven. The effects of the forgiven. What happens in the life of that individual who is forgiven? What comes from them? Number one, this evening, I want you to write this down. Number one is that they are grateful. The woman, the Bible says, came back to Jesus to show her gratitude. As I mentioned earlier, she may have known him prior she may have encountered him before. Because look at what the Bible says. The Bible says that as soon as Jesus entered the house, as soon as he entered the house, look at verse 45, 745. Jesus says to Simon, he says, You refused me the customary kiss of greeting, Simon. He says, But she has kissed my feet again And again, from the time I first came in. Jesus says, from the moment that I walked into your house, this woman has not stopped showing her gratitude towards me. You see, the effects of the forgiven, they are grateful how many in here are grateful that God has forgiven you your sins? I know I am. It's those, it's those that, that debt that you can't pay, right? Jesus said, She loves me much because she was forgiven much. Psalm 103, verse 1. Psalm 103, verse 1. The Bible says this, and it says, I bless the holy name of God with all my heart. Yes, I will bless the Lord and not forget the glorious things He does for me. Church, God doesn't want you to forget what He's done in your life. Don't ever forget... He doesn't want you to reminisce on your past life, but he wants you to never forget what he has brought you from and has brought you into. Don't forget that. Why? Not only does it affect your life, but it affects how you treat others. When you forget what God has done for you, you treat others like this Pharisee did with this woman. God, help us. He says in verse 3, he says, He forgives all my sins. He heals me. He ransoms me from hell. He surrounds me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. Church, that's exactly what God does in our lives, it's exactly what He does. He fills our lives with everything that is good. Everything that is good. Even in those times when you don't think any good is happening in your life. No, he is is filling your life with everything that is good. See, forgiveness of sins is received by faith. And it is followed by gratitude and love toward the forgiver, Jesus Christ. This woman is so filled with gratitude that she can't even hold back her emotions. The Bible says that she was weeping so much at Jesus' feet that she was actually washing his feet with her tears. Just think in your head, how many of those tears does it have to take To wash someone's feet. Just think about it. One tear won't do it. Ten won't do it. How many tears does it take to wash someone's feet? I'm going to say a whole lot. I'm going to say there was a whole lot of weeping going on there. There was a whole lot of gratitude taking place in that room. And it wasn't from the Pharisee it was from this sinful woman that no one wanted to be around, that everyone treated her like an outcast because of the things that she was doing. And I'm not saying that the things that she was doing is okay. But what I am saying is that this woman was forgiven much. There was, there was much wrong taking place in her life. But she came to a place where she, before this instance, where she knelt before God and asked God to forgive her her sins. And God, in his graciousness, did so. And now she comes back to give thanks. She was overjoyed in seeing Jesus. Overjoyed. Let me give you a little sense of how this looks. How many dog owners do we have here? Raise your hand if you're a dog owner. You own dogs, alright. Now I know that when I get home from work, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not putting down like anyone else in my family or in the household as far as how they greet me. So let's, let's just make that clear here. <laughs> but I don't I get a different greeting from my dog when I get home than from anyone else. I'll just put it that way. You know, everyone's happy to see me. Don't get me wrong when I get home. But my dog takes it to a whole nother level. (laughs) No one else is running around the house, you know, just going crazy because I'm home. (laughs) That would be really cool to see. No one else is grabbing onto my legs, or you know the, the babies do. I'll I'll give them that. The babies do. The old ones, man, forget them. <laughs> they used to do that, you know. Now it's like you know, like you know, kind of like in passing, like, hey, what's up, dad? I'm like, oh, what? What? I I was gone all day. Like, that's all I get. But my dog, she gets so excited. I mean, she gets so excited to where. You know, she's not she's not tearing on my feet, she's peeing on my feet. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God I'm wearing you know work boots, you know, because I don't really care what those what happens to those. But she'll she'll literally grab my leg and start peeing. I'm like, why are you doing this? (laughs) Is it because you like me or fear me? What is it? (laughs) But it's excitement. It's excitement. She runs around excited, overjoyed. Why? Because I'm home. The feeling that I get from seeing that, it really, it really does feel good. Let me tell you right now, if you're not a dog owner, cats won't do that. For all you cat owners, lovers, you know, psh, they won't do that. I know, I know it. I know it. All they give me is hives. <laughs> They seem like they're very selfish. They won't go up to you and hug your leg like a dog would. They don't have that kind of loyalty like a dog does. That's why they say man's best friend There's a reason. But She's so excited and I'm thinking man, that's like that sinful woman. I'm not calling her a dog, I'm just saying that that was her excitement. That's what she was showing Jesus, I bet. When she saw him, she could not hold back her emotions. She said, oh my goodness, do you guys even know, you know, to the other people in the room, I'm I'm sure she was thinking in her head, do you guys even know whose presence you are in right now? Oh man, that's awesome. That's amazing. That's amazing. Think about that. She knew in her head whose feet she was washing. She says, I'm washing the feet of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. There is no one greater. And I'm sure she was thinking, if you only knew Simon. Simon, if you only knew who you have in your house right now. you would have treated him like I'm treating him right now. You would have honored him like I'm honoring him right now. You wouldn't just be sitting back watching like a spectator as Jesus received the worship. You would be joining in too. What is wrong with you guys? Wake up. I can see her saying, wake up. You're in the presence of the Lord. You're in the presence of the Almighty. Why are you so why are you so somber? Why are you just sitting there? Get up. Get up and worship him. Get up and give him his praise. Get up and do something for him. Now the Bible doesn't say that, but I'm sure that's what she was thinking. I'm sure that she was that that, that's what probably what she was saying too. Does the presence of the Lord excite you? Does it? Does the presence of the Lord excite you? Does it get does does it does it get you like that woman? Does it, does it just get you overjoyed where you're just like, there is no better place that I could be right now than in the presence of the Lord. There is no better place. See, this woman realized what she had been saved from and saved to. This story isn't about somebody who sinned a lot and somebody else who didn't sin as much. No, it's about the person who acknowledges what it took to forgive that sin and what it means for their life for eternity. And it shows in their thankful life. You see, she was an example of true faith. And it's important to understand that she wasn't forgiven because of her love and her gratitude, but instead, her love and her gratitude were effects of being forgiven. She wasn't forgiven because of the love and what she was showing Jesus But that love that she was showing was because she was forgiven. It was the effects of it. Her knowing, her believing that her sins were really forgiven, that she really had a second chance at living, at truly living. Because I tell you right now, the life that she was living wasn't truly living. See, the effects of the forgiven, number one, they are grateful. Number two is that they forgive others. Paul writes in Colossians 3.13, he says, Forgive as the Lord forgave you. He also writes in Ephesians 4.32, and I'm sure my, my, four, my, my four-year-old and my five-year-old can recite this to you right now. Ephesians 4.32, And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Has God forgiven you this evening? Has he forgiven you? Are you forgiving others? Do you need a little help in forgiving others? I'm sure all of us can say yes to that. I'm sure we could all use some help in forgiving those who have hurt or offended us. We need help in that. But don't forget what Christ Has forgiven you of. Don't ever forget that. All those times that you were cursing God, all those times when you were just living your life and you said, God, I don't need you. I don't need you. I know what this this Christianity thing is all about, it's all a joke. People come on Sunday and then live life different on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I know what it's all about. God, why do I need you? What are you gonna change in my life? What are you gonna improve? I'm doing fine. How are you gonna help my situations? Remember all those times we told God that? And then when we finally came to a place of surrender and you asked God to help you, you asked God to forgive you, and guess what he did? He forgave you. Guess what he did? He kept loving you. Guess what he did? He welcomed you into his loving arms. That's what he did. He didn't shun you. He didn't say, no, you know what? You've done too much bad. Do you remember what you said to me last week? And now you want me to love you? Now you want me to take you back? you got to be kidding me. you got to be out of your mind. Who do you think that I am? God didn't say that. God didn't say that. He said, welcome, son and daughter. Welcome. You know, I'm going to throw a party for you. I'm going to throw a party for you because you came back to me. You came, you came to me, and, and you understand that I love you and that I've never stopped loving you. Heaven rejoices. That's what God does for you and I. The effects of the forgiven, they forgive others. Many times it isn't easy to forgive. Look at Matthew chapter 18, verse 23. Matthew 18, 23 says, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Verse 28 says, but when that servant went out the debt. That's messed up. (laughs) That's really messed up. How quickly this man forgot, had forgotten the huge debt that was forgiven on his behalf. The Bible uses illustrations of you know, 10,000 bags of gold and 100 silver coins. So some were doing some, crunching some numbers, right? Because I do not want to do this. Someone else crunching some numbers to see what that would be worth nowadays. The 10,000 bags of gold would probably be worth about $3.5 billion. $3.5 billion, with a B dollars. The 100 silver coins would be worth around $5,800. Little difference there? I think so. The man who was forgiven the $3.5 billion couldn't forgive the $5,800 that someone else owed him. The Bible says how the man who, 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 who didn't forgive was thrown, him, he himself was thrown into prison until he paid off that debt. How long do you think it'll take to pay off $3.5 billion? I'm gonna say eternity. What's Jesus talking about here? He's talking about hell. He's saying, forgive as I have forgiven you. He said the kingdom of heaven, he starts the story, the kingdom of heaven is like this. So in order to get into the kingdom of heaven, God says that you need to forgive. The kingdom of heaven is going to be individuals who learned how to forgive. And hell will be filled with those who refused. With those who forgot what God had done for them and refused to forgive others. The small debt. Church, that's an eye-opener. For you and I, tonight, that's an eye-opener. You see, God loves you. God loves you. You want to know how much he loves you? He loves you so much that he's giving you tonight an opportunity to make things right. You're still breathing. If you could hear my voice, that means you're alive. that means that you still have an opportunity to make things right. That's God's love. That's God's love. He's loving you, and he won't stop. See, forgiveness brings freedom. When God forgave her, he not only gave her a second chance at life, but he took the weight that sin causes in our lives The weight of sorrow, the weight of regret, the weight of depression, and so many others. Jesus' words are recorded in John 8 32, and it says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. How many of you want to be free tonight? You want to be free from the bondage of sin. God has made you free. He says in verse 34 Whoever commits sin is a slave to sin, but when the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. He who the Son sets free is free. This woman who committed so much sin that she was called in the Bible the sinful woman. (laughs) She wasn't even given a name, I'm sure she had a name but she was just given the title of the sinful woman. What a name to be known by. Hi, nice to meet you, I'm the uh, sinful woman. (laughs) But the Bible says that when she met Jesus, oh man, she became free. Jesus brought freedom in her life when he forgave her sins. She started to really live. Because of that, she was so grateful. Paul writes in Galatians 5.13, you were called to be free. Turn to your neighbor in town. He's talking about you. You were called to be free. But he says this. Catch this. This is important. He says, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, rather instead... Serve one another humbly in love. What do you think that woman was doing? She was serving humbly in love. I mean, there's levels of humbleness maybe. Washing someone's feet is very humble. That's very humble right there. She was serving humbly in love. since god has removed the debt in our lives he is calling us now church to forgive he's calling you and i to forgive thirdly here the effect of the forgiven is they give back the effects of the forgiven is that they give back the woman didn't arrive empty-handed yes she wanted to see jesus she wanted to be in his presence But she brought things. She brought things to welcome him. It wasn't even her home. Do you understand this? Not only was she the sinful woman, but it wasn't even her home. And she brought these things to welcome Jesus. She gave much because she was given much. What did this ex-sinful woman give back? She gave back worship. That's exactly what she gave back. She gave back worship. She said, "Jesus, you've done so much for me. You've changed my life." Oh, all these years I've been called this and I've been called that and I've been looked at like this and looked at like that. No one will want to be around me. But you've showed me a love that I've never experienced before. The way you treated me was unlike anything Or any other way that I've been treated before. Just being in your presence. I don't feel like I'm hated. I feel like I'm loved. I can't believe what you've done in my life. And with every lasting breath that I have in my body I'm gonna worship you with every second that I have left on this earth, I'm gonna use it to give you praise I'm gonna worship you I'm gonna worship you in the, in the way that I serve, I'm gonna worship you in the way that I speak I'm gonna worship you in the way that I treat others I'm gonna worship you As our worship team comes forward this evening, this is exactly what this forgiven woman was bringing to Jesus. She was bringing worship. She was bringing worship. It's the heart of worship that we've been talking about all this month. As David writes in Psalm 63, verse one, he says, you, God, are my God. You're my God. You are mine. I can't believe what you've done in my life. I can't believe the change that I've seen take place. You are my God. and all this taking place in the house of the Pharisee. I'm sure this woman lived a life of being battered, being spat upon, talked about. Her self-image was ripped to shreds, torn apart. I'm sure she was that example that mothers would use to tell their daughters, to warn them about, don't be like her. Can you imagine being used as an example in such a way? Knowing that people are looking at you like that. And they're telling their kids, no, 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 don't go near them. You don't want to be like them. Don't do what they've done. How humiliating that must have been. Perhaps maybe you've felt like that in your life. Perhaps those who are listening watching online maybe you feel that way right now. Like your life is just ripped apart. Like you're living a life where you, where you feel like you're just being battered. Your spirit He's wounded, crushed. You feel broken. You feel weak. Let me tell you about this sinful woman in the Bible. Let me tell you about what God did in this woman's life that God wants to do in yours this evening. This woman knew what she did. She knew the life that she was living. No one had to remind her because I'm sure she reminded herself enough and I'm sure whenever she thought about it, it just tore Her spirit, even more, and even more. I'm sure to a point where she didn't even want to live anymore. Why go on like this? This is what my life has become. Why live any longer? Bible says that this sinful woman experienced Jesus the Bible says that she experienced Jesus and ever since her experience with Jesus everything changed ever since Christ forgave her sins she started to truly live Why? How? Because she began to worship. She began to do what God has created you and I to be on this earth to do. He created you to worship. He created you to worship him. exactly what this woman was doing she worshiped the lord when no one else was when everyone else was thinking that they have it all together she knew where she came from she knew the mighty power of christ Was at work in her life. She came back to give thanks. She came back to show her gratitude. Church, don't ever forget what God has done for you. Don't ever forget what He has brought you from and has brought you into. What He has brought you into. The family of Christ is where you live now. The family of Christ is where you belong. Those who are listening and you haven't surrendered your life to Christ, the family of Christ is where you need to be. It's where God is calling you. It's where God is urging you with his outstretched loving arms to welcome you. To welcome you. that's who he is worship worship is what God desires from you and I as every head is bowed every eye closed